the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He's been in captivity his entire life. And he's praying that somehow there will be an angelic prince. There will be a spiritual overlord who will take over Israel's fate and will push these other spiritual princes out of the way so they can leave the land of Babylon and go home and build the sanctuary. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast is entitled, The Son, S-U-N, of Man. That's the Son of Man, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us at any time, day or night, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Jesus is the same thing as the old block. Jesus is not the spitting image of his old man, to use the idiom. He is the very, in the very real sense, the old man too. He is the ancient of days. Jesus and the Father are one. The ancient of days together they are. The one who was sent to save you is just as old as the one who sent him because they are one. Christ told Philip in John 14, 9, He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Have you ever wanted to see God? Have you ever really wanted to just look into God's face and know that God is communicating with you, yes or no? Have you ever felt like God is just shut out from your life? Dear heart, Christ is as old as God because Christ is God. And when you look into the Scriptures and you see the face of Jesus, it is God looking back at you. When you hear the voice of Jesus saying, forgive them, they know not what they do, it is God speaking to you. When you hear the voice of Jesus, you see the picture in John where he says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It is God speaking to you. The ancient of days. So let's add it all up. Number one, Jesus is a priest. Number two, Jesus is a king. Number three, Jesus is the ancient of days too. That means Jesus is God for you. Your Savior is also your God and Lord. The brother of the human race is God's son, but is God. The one who prays for you is God and man and one. And the one who defends you is God in him and him and God. He is the ancient of days too. The God you need to save you is in Jesus Christ. And the God that is so old, so old, he knows everything about God, knows you too. But there's more to the vision than just this. Revelation 1.14, look at the second part. It says, his eyes were like a flame of fire. And then verse 15, his feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. Now the picture we see here is taken from the book of Daniel. The vision of Jesus appears in Daniel 10 verse 4. 
The nation of Israel is in captivity in the context and the evil angels govern Persia and Greece. And Daniel here is on a hunger strike of of a multi-day fast to get God to intervene. And he's running out of life energy because he's an old man. He's been in captivity his entire life. And he's praying that somehow there will be an angelic prince. There will be a spiritual overlord who will take over Israel's fate and will push these other spiritual princes out of the way so they can leave the land of Babylon and go home and build the sanctuary. And when Daniel's strength is almost gone and there seems to be none left for him and his prayer is almost over, his strength is almost broken, he prays and one appears to him who is able. Now it's interesting in the context of Daniel 10. Daniel receives his answer when his strength is almost gone. If you read in Revelation 12, the church at the end of the Middle Ages, the time, times, and dividing of times, will receive help when it has no more strength. God will intervene for the church just like he did for Daniel. Now look at Daniel 10.4. Here's the intervention. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with the gold of Euphaz. Now the Hebrew literally says, the one man. Behold, one man. The one man. Friend, he is the one. I'll say it calmly and quietly. He is the one. He is the one man. I mean, this is an echo of the great Shema, hear Israel. The Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. It almost sounds like Superman, the one man. But here he is. At the end of Daniel's prayer, he appears to rescue Daniel when strength is gone, when vital energy is gone from him. He will die shortly. But the answer to his prayer is here, the one man. Friend, that's exactly who you need in your life. The one man. He is exactly the one man Daniel has been praying for all his life. And we see the same vision John saw in Revelation 1. Verse 6. His body was like burl. His face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And the sound of his words like the noise of a multitude. You know, it's exactly the same picture we see in Revelation 1 for the Son of Man. Except we have a little more information here. In verse 6, it says his body was like burl. On the breastplate of the high priest, there were four rows of stones with three stones in each row. Burl was the first stone on the fourth row of the high priest's breastplate. It was stone number 10. The same Hebrew word is used here for that stone that was stone number 10 on the breastplate of the high priest. Now that makes a curious mind ask the question, what is the significance of 10? I mean, come on. What's 10 famous for in the Bible? The Ten Commandments, right? So he looks like stone number 10. Now, I'm not here trying to, you know, when a beautiful woman is beautiful, don't they say she's a number 10? Am I right? Oh, you're smiling. That's true. Well, if you have Jesus in your life, you're a number 10, ladies, okay? But the one man is number 10, too. Now, look. The one man Daniel sees looks like the gemstone for the tenth stone on the fourth row of the breastplate of the high priest. The one man is the same thing as the ten. He is the ten commandment law of God. Ten is the number for God's ten commandment law, and it is implied that this being, the one man, looks like the ten. 
tenth stone of the twelve. The one man is the law of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The ten are really one. James makes this clear. So does Moses. Friend, Jesus is the truth of God. Christ is the way to God. Jesus is the one man, and his eyes are like burning torches. The same Hebrew word is found in Exodus 20.18, just after God gives the Ten Commandments. The word torches here is coming from the great theophany when God gave the law at Mount Sinai, when God was manifested in glory after he spoke the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20.18. Now when all the people perceived the thundering and the lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and they trembled and they stood afar off. We find the same word right there that we see in the vision of the one man. The same Hebrew word for torches is used here to describe the glory at Mount Sinai when God gave the Ten Commandments. Right here, we see it again, and a face that looks like lightning. There was lightning at Mount Sinai. You see, the one man in Daniel 10.6 has eyes like torches and a face like lightning. That's Sinai imagery. This is the picture of the lawgiver who is the one man. Dear heart, if you have Jesus... You have seen God's Ten Commandment law at work in the life of a perfect man. If you have failed in your life, if your life has fallen short of God's glory as all lives have, the law of God is the law of love in the life of Jesus. You you don't need to work on you. You need to align with Him. The one man who died for you is the lawgiver. The one man who died for you is the law, and God's law has met its match in the mercy of God where justice and peace have kissed in the one man. And the lawgiver is the one man who paid the price for the broken law. You know, there are people today saying that the law doesn't have to be appeased, that somehow the law of God is, uh, is not really a standard that requires perfection. It does. And none of us have met the holy standard of that law. The one man is number 10. And he died at the cross of Calvary because you needed a substitute to stand in your place. Now let's review the key truths of the vision of the Son of Man in Revelation 1. Number one, Jesus is a priest. That means Jesus walks in the midst of the seven lampstands. He walks in the midst of your life. Number two, Christ is a king. Like Melchizedek, he'll fight for you when you can't fight for yourself. And number three, Jesus is the Ancient of Days. I mean, he's old enough to know God well. And so he can share God with you. And number four, Jesus has eyes like flames of fire, indicating that he is the lawgiver. The law itself at Sinai became man. He is the beauty of all that God is, the glory of God, the name of God revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. In verse 14, his feet are like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. Now, bronze was the metal for the altar of burnt offering. And Christ went to the altar for you. His feet walked all the way, the beautiful feet that bring good news, walked all the way to the cross of Calvary, to the altar of God. Friend, whatever hell you deserve at the end of life, and I'll say that again, whatever hell you deserve at the end of life, Jesus took your place and he took it away from you at the cross of Calvary. That's what the Bible teaches Christ is not only the law of God and the vision of the Son of Man, Jesus is the Lamb of God too. Christ is the altar of bronze where fire and sacrifice meet. His feet touch the earth where the altar is. He died on level ground where we live. And He died at the altar for every man and every woman who deserves to die at the fiery altar of the second death at the end of the millennium. Jesus' feet 
are like burnished bronze because Jesus' feet walked all the way up the hill to the cross, which is the altar for us all. The text says they are like bronze, refined as in a furnace. Polished feet, polished by suffering. The beautiful, nail-pierced feet of Jesus, gleaming like bronze. When Nebuchadnezzar threw Daniel's three friends into the fire, he was sure he could kill them all with fire. Maybe there are fiery trials assailing you and you feel you'll die in the fire. They wouldn't bow down to his image because they love God more than life. In the midst of the furnace, there was a fourth man who saved them all from the fire in the furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Did I not throw three men into the fire? And there are four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. You see, the Son of Man is the Son of God. And as the Son of Man, the Son of God went all the way to the altar for every man and woman here. His feet were burnished bronze like fire in a furnace. A direct allusion to Daniel 3 in the fiery furnace. Christ is the one who saved them from the fire. Friend, the fire you deserve to die with, Jesus has taken away from you at the cross of Calvary. So you need not die. So the white hot heat of God's glory will be your, your passionate theme throughout the endless ages. And the fire that you are so fearful of will be on your faces and you will never sin. Jesus died on the altar for you. The Bible also says his voice was like the sound of many waters. Now in Revelation 17, 15, water represents peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Revelation 7, 15, let's look at the verse. He said to me, the waters that you saw where the harlot is seated are peoples, multitudes, and nations, and t tongues. So what does it mean when it says Christ's voice was like the voice of many waters? Friend, Jesus has the voice of many waters because Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. He didn't just die for one people speaking one kind of language in one culture. Christ died for all people. His truth and His Word is for everyone and every nation everywhere who will hear the unique voice of God to them in their life where they live. He speaks your language because He has the voice of many waters. And that's why we have to be careful not to be judgmental. Christ will speak the right language to reach a person you can't reach. He'll use a cultural context that you're not familiar with. He'll do what He has to to reach out. Revelation 1.16 In His right hand He held seven stars and from His mouth issued a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. We started with the Son of Man and we end with the Son of Man. In his right hand he holds seven stars. In Revelation 1.20, the seven stars are the seven angels for the seven churches. Now the stars can represent literal angels that protect the church and it can also represent human pastors who serve the church. The debate has been long. Who is it? The point is that Jesus holds them all in his hand. He holds all the stars, seven, universal number, in his hand. In Revelation 1.8, God is the Almighty. And the word for Almighty in the Greek is pantocrator. It means literally the one who holds everything. I don't know about you. There are times when I'm feeling down, my wife will come up to me and she'll say, Honey, let me just hold you. doesn't try to fix your problems, just kind of holds you. And if you're in the church and you have fallen at the cross... Flawed though you be, failed though you be, struggling for faith, dear heart, Jesus holds you. Have you ever felt like you're just going to be lost no matter how hard you try? You ever felt that way? Come on, tell me. Yeah. Dear heart, Jesus holds the seven stars. He said, listen, 
No one will be able to take them out of my hand that the Father has brought to me. I mean, he has iron grip. Friend, Christ is not going to let go of you. You can let go of him, but don't. Because he has a vice grip on your life. He holds the seven stars in his hand. And the submitted life will not let go of the life that holds you. Dear heart, Christ is able. In Revelation 1.16, from his mouth a sharp two-edged sword comes out. Ancient swords are made to look like tongues. The hilt looked like an open mouth and the sword's blade looked like a tongue. Your tongue is what forms words and people's tongues can be like swords and go deep within you. Every one of us has stuck someone with something we have said. Is it not true? Christ is the word of God and his tongue is the sword that rightly divides the truth from error. Every true word from God has come through Jesus and Jesus' word is the basis of all judgment. Therefore, the sword comes from his mouth. Now look at Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active. Now the Bible says Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. More with Pastor Michael Loxentenko in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives, and we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We would love for you to call and get your copy of these free Bible study guides at any time. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Friend, the sword you need in life is the sword of the Word, the sword of the Spirit, and Christ is the Word. Let's review the key truths. Number one... Jesus is a priest. That means Christ walks in the midst of the seven lampstands and he cares about you and the church. Number two, Jesus is a king. You know, Jesus is the son of man who will receive the kingdom. And if Christ asks for you at the end of the age in that heavenly judgment, you will be in that kingdom. We need a king. Daniel says, judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. Christ died for our sins in 1 Corinthians 15.3. The one who was your substitute at the cross will be your proxy and substitute in a heavenly judgment when God gives the kingdom to Jesus. Number three, Jesus is the ancient of days. He has hair like wool, and that means Jesus knows everything about God. There's nothing about God he doesn't know. And all that God is can come to you in eternity through Jesus. Number four, Christ has eyes like flames of fire, indicating that he is the lawgiver of Sinai and he is the law too. If you want obedience in your life, if you want consistency in your life, you need Jesus in your life. Number five, Jesus has feet like burnished bronze in a furnace. And that means Jesus went to the altar of sacrifice for you. He is the polished, perfect one, perfected by suffering, who died for you so you can be accepted before God in him. And number six, Jesus' voice is like the voice of many waters. You know, John 3.16 is still true. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son. Water represents people everywhere, ethnic groups of diversity. And Christ's voice is like the voice of many waters. He speaks to every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. Why? Because Jesus loves the world. Not just some small little group called the elect. He loves the world. And Jesus' word is for everyone, and that means you. No one is excluded from God's grace and Jesus and his plan. Jesus speaks your language so you can find God in the path that you're on. And finally, number seven, the Son of Man is the Son, S-U-N, of man. His face shines like the sun in full strength. Revelation 1.16, his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth issued a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in full strength. Now the word sun appears 12 times in the book of Revelation. The first time we see it, we see the face of Jesus who shines like the sun in all his glory. The last two times we see it, first we see Jesus, then we see God. Revelation 21, 23, time number 11. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine upon it. For the glory of God is its light and its lamp is the Lamb. You see, the seven lampstands derive their light from the truth that shines in the face of Jesus Christ. Now look at Revelation 22.5, the 12th usage. And night shall be no more. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Jesus is the light that leads you to the eternal light who is God. The church is represented by seven lampstands that Jesus trims and cares for, but the church is not the last lamp. The church is a light in the world that points the world to Jesus Christ, who is the true light that enlightens every man. The Son of Man is the Son of Man, S-U-N. And in the end, Jesus' light is the only light you'll ever need. And Jesus' light will bathe you in the light of God forever and ever and ever and ever. Lamb light, lamp light, brighter than the sun, the Son of Man. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Friend, the vision of Jesus is a perfect picture of the ancient truth of who God is and what God has done that will save you for eternity. You know, sometimes as a pastor, I work late in the night after midnight, in fact. I will read sometimes to two or three in the morning because I had a busy day. I don't do it all the time, but I do it when I need to. And when you get to bed at three in the morning, you don't want to wake up at six in the morning to a rising sun. Am I right or wrong? So, well, you know, Pastor, you better get up at 5.30, not 6. Well, that leaves you two and a half hours of sleep when it happens. And you don't want a telephone call at 6 in the morning getting you out of bed. That happened 10 years ago. I got a call right after sleeping like that, not getting much sleep, and just signed the contract for the church. And I jumped out of bed, and I blew a disc in my back and had a few years of trouble. Nope, time to sleep in if you're up till 3 or 4 in the morning. Now, you desire to sleep in a little bit more if you've been up like that. Who wants to be a zombie all day long? Now, my wife gets up at 6 in the morning. She can't stand the darkness at all. It's a fact. She wants the light of the sun as soon as it shines. It doesn't matter if I'm in the room. She's a nurse, and she knows that sunlight kills germs. Am I right? You have a dark house. You have fungus and mold. You have the sun coming in. It kills the germs. And sunlight helps the house to smell fresh like spring, right? Okay. Well, you don't know. Well, you need to go to my wife. She'll tell you. Now, I sleep next to the window, and I pull the shade down so I can sleep in if I've been up all night like that. But as soon as the sun breaks, what does she do? She goes to the window, she pulls the shade up, and she says, you need light. Now keep it up and don't pull it down, she says. 
I don't want any darkness in this room. The sun has risen. You know, when my wife speaks like that, you better listen. Dear heart, it's time to pull the shade up. The morning has come. The sun has risen. The glory of God has risen upon you in the vision of Jesus in the book of Revelation. Jesus is the Son of Man. S-U-N and S-O-N. Diana gives me a little speech that is meant to straighten me out so I will embrace the light. She says, you need the sunlight. Husband, you need the sunlight early. It isn't healthy to leave the shades down all day. When I come home, they better be up. I want sunlight in my room and for you, sweetheart. And then she pulls the shade up and the sun hits me right in the face. And I'm awake no matter what. And sometimes we don't want to face the sun. Is that not true? We just want to run from it. Isn't it also true that we need the sun to live? Christ's light is the light that must start the day and end the darkness in your life. Nothing else will do it. And Jesus' light is the light that gets you through the darkness to the next day. It's healthy to have the light of the world in your life. It's healthy to have the sun. It kills the germs that can kill you. Sunlight, the Son of Man. Dear Father, I'm so grateful that the light has risen upon us. There's no reason to sleep anymore in the old age of darkness. There's no reason to doubt that you love us or to fear you so we can never find you. Thank you for the light of the law of love and the face of Jesus who died for our brokenness to mend us up and heal us and place us in your presence. Father, for every life that struggles deep within, for every heart that knows their sin, Lord, may the Savior in his light, may the burnished feet that shine bright that were nailed to the altar of the cross, Father, be what is needed to bring warmth and life and forgiveness and a new life of obedience. Lord, we don't look around. We're looking within. We thank you for Jesus who is there. I pray that every heart here that seeks him this day will have him. And thank you that you hear when we say in Jesus' name, amen. The Son of Man was the name of today's broadcast. And you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Be prepared. It's a great motto to keep in mind given the difficult times that we all face here in the future. We'd love for you to have a book entitled Ultimate Survival. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.